We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. I'm Chase Parm, and today I'm speaking with Oxford resident Javi Sanchez. Javi, uh, is someone I've known for a little while. He and uh, his daughter and my daughter are in the same class in school. And uh, I kind of learned recently about his uh, his running situation that he has going right now, his uh, journey through competitive running that's been going on for around a year, something like that at this point, as uh, Javi recently completed the uh, Chevron Houston Marathon in under three hours, two hours, 59 minutes. It is a Boston qualifying time. However, as uh, he talks about today, that doesn't necessarily mean you're getting into the Boston Marathon with that qualifying time. So uh, we're going to go back through his history a little bit on the podcast today. Um, he was an Ole Miss student, how the NCAA uh, sort of ended his collegiate running career before it got started. As uh, Ole Miss fans are aware of the NCAA's crazy policies, you'll appreciate this one too. And then how around this time uh, a, a year ago, he was trying to lose a little weight like a lot of us do around our uh, age and got back into running and the, the journey that's happened that – it's really, we get down in the weeds, but it's so much more than the marathon training or anything like that. But, you know, setting goals and things that don't have instant gratification, things that aren't necessarily given to you in the immediacy and the commitment and the consistency that's required for that. I think that's kind of the story of this podcast as Javi and I go through what's going on with him, his decision to put a lot of it on social media. You can check his YouTube page. I've linked that down in the description. He has a really great kind of mini doc on his journey through the Houston Marathon. And then he's also updating you guys on kind of what's next, what he's got planned. And then you can find things all over Instagram too. I've linked that as well. So uh, let's get on with it. All around great guy, Oxford resident, now sub three-hour marathoner, Javi Sanchez. Bobby Sanchez now joining us on the Campbell Clinic Hotline, but it's good to talk to you. Uh, I guess congratulations. We're going to talk some running. We're going to talk some uh, life lessons probably a little bit in this as well. You've uh, recently completed the uh, Houston Marathon in under three hours. So I want to get into the weeds about that, but also want to pull back a little bit too of just, you know, you and I, I don't know how old you are, but we're probably, you know, not too far off in ages and what kind of happens as we get into this stage of life a little bit. (laughs) Um, as well, you uh, recently announced on your channel your next run as well. So I'll let you talk about our next race. I'll let you talk about that also. But uh, you know, we, uh, we we've had we've had daughters in the same class for a couple of years now. Um, I think they actually dressed up as twin day together earlier this year. If I have it, uh, if did. I have it, if, if I have it correct. 
But um, did. I, I did, but I did not know until recently about uh, your your running plans and things that you were trying to accomplish in that way. Um, I, I guess I'll kick it off here. What is sort of your background in just athletics, running in general, before this current stretch? What did that look like? Man, Chase, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me, man. It's an honor and uh, being a fan of your show now because you. I know you and I have you in front of me, but I've been listening to the show for years. Uh, man, I, you know, kind of like everybody else, I I started running in high school and uh, the back back story of how I got into running and how I really fell in love with running was at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Oh, cool. I was... Yeah, so I was 10 years old, so that g gives you my age. I'm 33 years old. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was watching the Olympics in Sydney, Australia, 2000. Now, I wasn't in Australia. I was sure. in my home <laughs> watching the Olympics. And I just fell in love with it, man. I uh, kind of like a little backstory there. I was born in California, in Los Angeles, but I was raising rosarito mexico which is really close to the border in california and was watching the olympics and fell on, and i told my mom that i wanted to run in the olympics one day and uh, next uh week the following week she uh signed me up for a local running club for kids mm -hmm. and that's how it all started when i was 10 years old and run uh for a few years just kids races uh had a lot of fun in that and and then eventually when i was 15 uh my dad had always worked in the states and back there is pretty common for people to live on both sides of the border uh so um when i was 15 my dad asked me to go uh and spend a week with him in the states go to school and then come on the weekends and visit the family. So started running in, in high school there. Uh, and that's when things really got better and, you know, more better training and structure. And, and it was still high school level, nothing crazy, but it was just I could see the improvement and I could see that I that I really liked that sport and, and started getting a little bit of success at a high school level and really have fun with it. And um, eventually, uh, I was about to graduate. I didn't have many scholarships. Uh, I always like to tell people, like, I mean, I, I was a decent runner, nothing crazy, but still the level of talent over there when I was in high school was so high. I run a 428 mile, and oh, wow. I was still – I still couldn't get a scholarship for, uh, for anywhere. <laughs> And uh, but finally, a, a local community college came in and they invited me to run with them, and they were gonna give me like a partial scholarship, buy books and stuff, and and that was the only thing that I had on the table, and I wanted to keep running, so I said yes, I'll I'll do that. Uh, so that was that. Um, started kept running there, and that was the summer of two thousand eight, and family things happened. Uh, my parents got divorced. And my mom all of a sudden decided that she wanted to move to Oxford, Mississippi that summer. And uh, and I was uh, I decided I wanted to move with her as well. So I moved in August of 2008 to Oxford, mm -hmm. Mississippi. And uh, I needed to enroll in school. So I enrolled at Ole Miss. 
Uh, so I actually went to Northwest for one semester. And then the following semester, I enrolled into Ole Miss. And I didn't know the whole process because I didn't, I never got recruited or anything. But uh, I was still running, staying in shape. Um, and I did something that's probably not very common for people to do. One day, I decided that I wanted to go talk to the track and field coach at Ole Miss and introduce myself. So I walk into the track and field office, and um, the secretary kind of looked at me kind of weird. She's like, what are you doing here? Who are you? And I was like, well, ma'am, I'm sorry. I know this is random. This is weird. People probably don't do this. I don't have uh, an appointment or anything. But I was just wondering if I can talk to the coach and introduce myself. And she kind of looked at me kind of weird, and she's like, all right, okay, that's fine. So she went back there and talked to the coach, and the coach, it was Coach Blackwell. Uh, I think he was the, he was in charge of the long distance or cross country, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back then. But um, went there and talked to him, and I was like, Coach, uh, I'm Javi Sanchez. I'm from California. I just enrolled at Ole Miss. These are my times. These are this is my coach. This is who I was training with at this community college back there. And I don't know how this works, but I was wondering if I can join the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he 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 was kind enough and to not laugh in my face, but um, and was here. I was as kind and told me that he was like, "Yeah, you're right. I didn't recruit you. I don't know who you are, but." Thank you for coming and thank you for your interest. And I gave him my phone number, walked out of the office, and I was like, all right, I shot my shot, you know. Uh, about 30 minutes to an hour later, he calls me, and he and I wasn't expecting it. And he calls me, and he's like, Javi, I talked to your coach. I did a little bit, a little bit of research on you, and you're right. I don't have – I didn't recruit you. I don't have a scholarship for you, but you're welcome to join us a walk-on. Oh, cool. And I was like, whoa, that's all I need. That's all I want. So, and he's like, well, before you get too excited, uh, there's a process that you need to follow for you to join the uh, the team. And and I'm sorry, I'm going too long probably, but. No, you're great. That's that kind of that's kind of like the story. But uh, he's like, you got to go through the NCAA, you know, our friends at the NCAA. And mm-hmm. uh get uh, approved and get clear by them so that you can run with us. And in the meantime, you won't be able to practice with us, so make sure you stay in shape. It's going to take a long process, probably be three, four months uh, before we get an answer, but uh, make sure you stay in shape. Here's where you need to do, and good luck. So uh, took my uh, took the instructions that he gave me and started the application with the NCAA. I kept training after three months. Uh, finally, get that email and the letter in the mail, and my application was denied. And I was denied, and I couldn't um, do anything about it. So what happened was, they were saying that I didn't have enough English credits on my high school transcripts. Okay. Remember how I told you I was born in the states? Well. Sure live in Mexico. When I came back to the States, uh, I had to take ESL classes for the first two years of high school to learn English, to catch up on English. Well, Ole Miss and 
college institutions had no problem with that, and they recognized those as English credits, but the NCAA didn't. Okay. And they said that I didn't have any English credits, and I was already enrolled at Ole Miss. So I was like, ah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do anything about that. So that was it. That was in 2008. I was devastated. I was pretty sad about it because I really wanted to be a collegiate athlete. And, you know, I was like, man, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. And God, uh, you know, I have, I'm a man of faith and I know that God works in mysterious ways. And, and I just kept with that. And man, God has been faithful and has been great and being blessed in Oxford for years, you know, went to Ole Miss, uh, graduated um in 2013 worked in memphis for a few years then came back to oxford and i've been here basically since 2008 in oxford and i love it i don't want to go anywhere else and mm -hmm. uh but you know there was always that little bit of uh running uh thing behind me i quit in 2008 now i'm a grown man you know two daughters mary you know what happens? A lot of people say it, and I know it's true. You gain a little bit of weight, and you're <laughs> not completely out of shape, and haven't run in years, in 17 years. In uh, January of 2023, uh, I decided I want to get back into running. Uh, and so, I mean, had you run at all? I mean, just to like, interrupt you for a second, I mean, I mean even just the yeah. occasionally the four-mile jog? I mean, what did it look like at all between then and 08? Not, not, a, not at all. Like okay. I, so like, look, well, let me, let me rephrase that in 2016. And I know this because I, I was cleaning up the metals. I got a, I got a metal rack for Christmas and I hadn't even opened it. And anyways, I was going to the metal. So in 2016, I'd run double decker. Okay. And I don't remember training for it at all. And I don't have any pictures. I don't even know what time I did there. 2016 double decker, a 5k. And then 2019, I did it again, double-decker. Yeah. And I do remember uh, in 2021, I did it again. Or oh, I did a grade 38. Uh, yeah. Grade 38. Uh, I can't remember what it was, an eight-miler or something. Yeah, it's an <laughs> just eight. Sign up. Yeah, I just signed up for the races without training at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I was, I just thought that, I, hey, I was a good runner back then, so I guess I can do this. But, uh, I, I mean, I finished it. That's all I'm going to say. I finished sure. it. Um, anyways, but in 2023, January 2023, it started again as, a, okay, I want a, you know, New Year's resolution. I want to lose a little bit of weight. I got into the, uh, the weight. I mean, I weighed myself, and I was the heaviest I've ever been. And I was like, oh, I, I, need to, I need to get back in shape. So I started running a little bit. And one thing led to another. Well, guess what? I signed up for the for the double decker again. Mm -hmm. And oh, I've been running for two months, maybe two months. So I'm like, okay, now I maybe I can break twenty in the double decker, maybe uh, under twenty in the five k. We'll see. And I I was strong. I did like twenty four or twenty five, and <laughs> I, I was. You know, to two things on that. One, most people listen to this going, hey, I would kill for 24-25. So there is that. But then the other <laughs> part is, you you know, you're going to be having this thing and you're going to decide to run a marathon soon after this. But 
he ran the 5K. He didn't even pick the 10K. You know what I mean? Like, there is some comedy to that a little bit. As hey, he picked the shortest one even of the race when you were getting back into it. Exactly. I yeah. I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even think about the 10K. But uh, that's where I was going. So I did a 5K. I was 20, 24, and then there was a couple a couple weeks after there was another race, 10K, and I signed up for that in Tupelo, and then. I was like, you know what? Let's give it a try. Uh, I do have to say, though, I think I can't remember in 2019, maybe I did run the St. Jude half uh, again with no training. I probably mm-hmm. signed up a couple of weeks before that and probably run 10 miles before the race. So, I mean, never, never actually trained until 2023 when I started running more consistently. And thank God for Strava and all those things because you can track it now and you can see sure. the consistency that actually is there. So anyways, uh, half marathon and that half marathon in Memphis kind of changed everything and click. And I was like, you know what? Now, now I do. I'm not going to be a professional, but I want to take it more serious now. I, it, this is something I really enjoy. I really like doing. Uh, I love it. So uh, I'm going to get into it and run the uh, Houston Marathon uh, a month ago. (laughs) So, I mean, you obviously have this huge competitive background in running. um, So it's it's a lot different than anything that I I dabble in it um, because – Look, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to be close to the numbers that you're putting up from a time standpoint, but I'll tell you why I do it. And I went over, I went over a thousand miles, I think, for the year for the first time last year. I probably thirteen to fifteen hundred is kind of my goal for this year. And I, I have not even said it out loud, but I have signed up for a marathon in my first one yeah. at the end of the year this year um, to give that That's a shot. Cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working there. We're getting there. But my point Let's is. Go. It's obviously because, look, yeah, there's there's a weight thing when you hit. I'm 40 now, Javi, okay? So there, there's yeah. certainly a get-the-weight-off portion of this. But for me, it's very mental. It gives me time to almost meditate oh. while I'm running. It is it is like meditation in so many different ways of yeah. I'll put headphones on and I'll be listening to something, but I'm not really listening. It's just background noise while I'm thinking or working out problems or scheduling my day or, or whatever I do. I go run for an hour, and that's what's kind of going on. To the competitive nature that you're talking about, and when your history, do you get those type of benefits, or are you literally locked in and more focused on, hey, I'm 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 chasing this time, chasing this pace? Like, what is how does that work? The same or different for you? That's a really good question. There's sometimes that I'm I'm with you. There are uh, I'm not even listening. I'm praying, thinking about my day, thinking about family, business, you know, all kinds of things. And uh, there's some other days that I'm focusing on what I'm listening because the pain is so much through the run that you don't want to do the run that I'll just lose myself uh, on paying attention to what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. And the run goes by so much faster when I have a, you know, a five, eight, 10 mile run that you're just thinking, man, I, I don't want to run for an hour and 30 minutes right now. But, you know, it's part of the plan and part of getting better and, compounding and all those terms for training uh and and yeah but it works on both ways definitely it works in both ways and on the competitive nature nature uh man i guess i've always been like that that now i don't compete with anybody else 
mm. I'm competing with myself and I'm just trying to prove to myself constantly that I can get better, that I can be- get better. Dude, and I'm writing this thing. I don't know how long it's going to go, but I'm writing this thing and I'm now, I got all the goals in front of me now, but I, I just want to keep doing it. So you talk about this half marathon you run and it kind of changes everything. I went back to the very start of you got um, – Bobby Sanchez runs on Instagram. They can follow your day-to-day, see what's going on. Yeah. Your first post, May 11th, 2023, is when you made your first post on Instagram. At that point, is it, hey, this is another portion of how serious I'm taking it? Is it, hey, if I document this, it brings accountability to me? I mean, what? And I know you you, you really like digital media and video and that type of thing. So it, it's combining two of your passions. But at the same time, what kind of made you go, hey, we're going to jump into the social media sphere with this? That's a good question. It was accountability first. And it was it was um, having those memories and having those treasures mm-hmm. uh, in their treasure and cherish those, cherish those moments. And the reason I said that is because there's so many memories in my mind now from those years that I'm talking high school and and all those things that I don't have anything to go back into and to share those moments and to, you know, it comes to the uh, emotional aspect of it. Uh, and I wanted to do it, do it. So may, by that point I have, I, I was already running more, more consistently, not serious, but consistently like putting miles during the week and trying to follow uh, training plans here and there uh, online. But it was after the half marathon that uh, I convinced my wife <laughs> that I needed to maybe spend a little bit of money and hire a running coach. And that's what I did. And, man, I can tell you, it just depends on how serious you are about this. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to be clear, and a lot of my friends know this, and all the people that are going to listen to this know this, that know me. I have a problem with running shoes, man. Like every running shoe that comes out, I want to buy it. And, you know, we're adults now. So uh, uh, you got, you probably got the ability to do it. Probably not the smartest thing to do it. There's probably uh-huh. other things that you got to take care of first, but you got the ability to buy them. So just kind of uh, a pack, uh, a package will show up at the door here and there. And I have to tell me Dory that, uh, uh, I don't know when I order that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I look, I get it. Like, hey, everybody's got that thing. And, you know, it, it's interesting you said that. You said you talked to your wife and you've taken this more, you know, consistently. And I hope that a lot of people listening, they don't have to be distance runners or anything to do with running in general. Yeah. It, it, it's about creating goals and the long-term goal and the the day-to-day, you know, because I look, I'm not great at it. It's one of the things that I'm sort of making myself do is go, hey, this is a 10-month goal. This is something that's going to take a while. We're going to work into this. And, you can do that as an adult with anything in your life. I mean, that's that's Absolutely. everything from journaling to yoga to running to whatever it is, even you know, financials, getting budget set, anything that you're doing, you can set in that way. It's just a way to have that self-discipline and see the small goals along the way. So I hope people are kind of taking that as part of this. But, you know, obviously your wife knows you well, but what was the reaction when you go, hey, I'm going to spend money, time, like this is becoming a focal point beyond... <laughs> business and kids and my marriage and all the other stuff that we do and you go hey i also need to you know run 75 miles a week just fyi uh she saw she saw how much i loved it and how much i enjoy it and she's been the biggest supporter biggest supporter that i have and 
and and I thank God for her. She's been she knows how much she means to me that uh she lets me she lets me do it and man I'm so grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. She said, All right, so how much is it gonna be? Uh well it's gonna be a couple hundred dollars maybe or hundred dollars uh a month uh, on paying mm-hmm. a running coach and she's like, Well uh well uh you know you know better. So I gotta find ways and be creative on on coming with that extra budget, you know, to to fulfill those Sure. hobbies that are becoming very expensive <laughs> at this point you mentioned hiring a running coach you end up uh working with jeff cuttingham and his uh his people there in uh in texas but had, had was it already did you know houston and that was going to be the marathon did you just know there was going to be a marathon was it break three hours like what what are our goals in your mm-hmm. head the first time you call jeff cuttingham to try to figure this thing out yeah well if if you if you see on my Instagram uh, uh, bio, uh, it says there I never made it to Olympics, but Boston twenty twenty five I'm coming. So after that half marathon in May of twenty twenty three, when I I felt like I could do it, uh, that was the goal, of Boston, Boston twenty twenty five. So I talked to Jeff, uh, hired him. Uh, he was very honest with me. He was very gracious, gracious, and he said, "Well, look, looking at your past, there's some talent there that we can work with, but we're basically going to start over because it's been 15 years, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's be real." And I was like, "Well, yeah, you're, you're right." Uh, but uh, he's like, "We're going to get you there, but it's going to take work and it's going to take discipline." Uh, and he did, man. I mean, not not bragging anything about it, but. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a, a, a business that is during football season, that mm-hmm. it's very, very intensive, uh, where you spend 48 hours with no sleep at the grill. And uh, it was hard. It was hard to run. And a lot of the clients, a lot of people that know me, they were asked, how are you running 10, 13 miles on Sunday after the long weekend? Well, I had to do it. Uh, I had to do it. Just want to touch back really quick on what you emphasize that I really like on it can be anything and it's just setting up goals and everything. One thing that helps me with running is that I love it, man. I love it. If you love what you're doing, it's going to help you set those goals and be consistent and have a plan and go through it. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the things that works for me. That's why it helps me stay consistent. I love doing it. So so it's just it's just part of me now part of my nature now that like i want to run a little bit even the distance doesn't matter i just want to feel that i'm i'm doing that but uh anyways i'm going uh it, it took a lot of work and i'm, I'm kind of lost I, I got lost in there a little bit but uh boston 2025 was the goal talk to jeff he said we're gonna get you there uh so now we gotta think about a a marathon that we have the best chances to do that and that was houston texas on january 14 of 2024 um it's a flat course weather it's usually really great uh and you know yeah we we oxford is hilly i mean not not extremely hilly you're not in colorado or anything like that but like 
it's it's not flat like Houston, sure. Texas, yeah, downtown yeah. Houston, Texas. So, anyways, there was a few factors there that were on my on my favor, and the odds were on my favor to hit that goal of getting a sub three. Which here's what happens: the BQ Standard Time, Boston Qualifier Standard Time for my H group is under three hours. So that was a a goal, right? Just breaking three hours, and that's what we did. So. That's where we are. However, if people that follow running or people that know this about know about the Boston Marathon is the biggest marathon in the world. Everybody wants to run that. It's the Olympics for the amateur runners, basically. That's what it is. Sure. And uh, it gets so filled up that uh, you basically need to run way faster than your BQ standard time to secure your spot. So uh, that's where we are right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. That means that uh, yes, we are. That means that we're training right now uh, for the Eugene Marathon on April the twenty eighth. Uh, Eugene, Oregon Marathon on April twenty eighth, and we're gonna try to go two fifty four there. So two hours and fifty four minutes. So how does the? I've got a thousand questions, but how does the training <laughs> change? Just because. You know, the person who doesn't run, who's just listening to us right now and likes it, goes, oh, it's just five minutes. But that's a hell of a difference, uh, 259 <laughs> to 254 uh, on the marathon. Well, how does the training change? Is it simply just quicker paces through different things? Is it more miles? Like, wh what does that look like? And I'm, I'm fairly familiar with Jeff Cunningham's plans yeah. with, uh, with other yeah. runners and things I've watched online. But how does that yeah. sort of impact change over the course of this training period? You know, I wanna I wanna emphasize something about Jeff. He's he's dude, that guy is a genius. I don't know. I mean, and every every coaches have their own systems and he works with them, but uh he 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 caters to your personal goals and to your where you are and how you doing. There was there were some people that asked me, uh that are runners and usually for a marathon, well you gotta run 
don't know, at least try to hit one run that is 20 miles or 22 miles, maybe 23 miles during your during your mm-hmm. training block. My longest run during the buildup for Houston was 18 miles. I never run longer than 18 miles. And uh, people questioned that. They were like, wait, how? How does that work? Uh, I don't know how it works, but it worked. Uh, I had so much. Uh, I had so much uh, energy in there that I mean, after after 18 miles, it was unknown territory for me. I've never run uh, run more than 18 miles, so it was unknown territory. But hey, it worked out. How's how's it going to change for for Eugene? Well, at Houston, I had to run 650 per mile. For Eugene, I'm gonna have to run 640, so that's 10 seconds faster per mile. Um, there's gonna be my so there's during the week I have six runs. Four, uh, five of those runs are easy miles, mm-hmm. so just staying easy. One of those runs is a long run, which usually on Saturday, and then during the week, either on Wednesday or Thursday, is a speed workout. It's either a far leg. A threshold, intense intervals, like really hard, <laughs> really hard and fast running. How is it going to change? At, overall, it's just going to be a few more miles mm-hmm. uh, throughout the two, three months ahead of us. Twelve weeks actually ahead of us, and not much, not not much is going to change for Houston because our formula worked. So we're just going to work, ba- start off of that base and keep working towards uh, a 254 hopefully in eugene you and again there's a video where you document your houston marathon experience and the Mm. lead up you can see that as well on your youtube page i'll link it below for anybody who wants to go over there and check that out so i I, as i was watching your video and doing the prep for for this podcast you finished 259.07 you said you basically stayed on paces throughout the entire race but i mean that's less than a minute of, of lead time there and you don't ever know your exact time when you're coming in because when you started in the clock and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. add up the same way. People yeah. don't realize that as well. Um, were you following it to have an idea that hey, I'm going to potentially miss this by a minute, hit it by a minute? I mean, what's kind of going through your head from miles 23 to 26.2? Man, there was you know during the, during the whole planning and everything, I follow so many runners on Instagram mm-hmm. and. <laughs> YouTube and Facebook and everywhere that I could see. I uh, went on Reddit forums and reading about stuff. And, you know, you can go off of one race because it changes so, so much. There's so many different factors that can go into that. Uh, I was following, there was two girls, that really good runners. Uh, one of them, it's a friend of my friend. And the other one I found, I found on Instagram. And they ran the Chicago Marathon in October. And I was looking at their workouts and are their training at their half marathon paces, and they're way faster than me. But they didn't hit the sub three at Chicago. They they missed it. And one of the main things that I saw of the common denominator between them is they started way too fast. Mm-hmm. They started way too fast. The first first few first few miles, they started way too fast, and eventually, that's what happened for them missing that goal. And going into Houston, I, I was like, I don't care. I don't care about what happens or, or 
how the excitement, I just have to stick with the plan and I have to stick with the plan. And man, I, I did, I did. I, it was 6.50 on the first mile. That was the goal. And I did 6.52, two seconds. Not, not, not bad, but I wasn't going faster than that. So I knew that I had length. And then another thing, Chase, I mean, technology is way advanced and, sure. you know, it's, there's a lot of tools. You, I had a pace a pace plan on my watch load in for the marathon. So it was telling me exactly how many seconds behind or how many seconds oh, okay. uh, uh, over I was going. So when I was a mile 24, I, I actually thought that I was going to get 257. Oh, because that's what the watch was telling me. But then after mile 24, you can look on the splits on Strava 24, I dropped to like 655 or 7, and then the last mile was like a 715. Like, I was done at that point. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So that's what – but still, I knew that I had enough lead time that I knew it was going to get me to that uh, sub-3, under three hours. You get across the line pretty emotional and for a lot of different <laughs> reasons at that point. What? But what? what, what is the primary cause of it? Is it simply the – self-satisfaction of achieving such a long-range goal is it hitting is it the work paying off the sacrifices i mean what what's kind of the impetus for that in the moment man i got emotional and i'm i'm a, i'm an emotional guy anyways but that uh -huh. one was man it it hit different because it was uh it was my childhood reliving again mm -hmm. and trying to and telling the NCAA, hey you didn't let me run <laughs> But now, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm getting this on my own. You know, that's that's what it was. I, I didn't get to run in college, and I didn't get to wear an Ole Miss uniform on my chest and running in track meets and cross-country meets. But now I'm getting to do this as an adult with my wife, with my, with my daughters, with so many people. Uh, man, I didn't I – didn't, that's why I said I'm honored that you invited me to do this because I didn't think that the impact of all this was going to attract people's mm -hmm. attention. Honestly, I I did the I did the Instagram account because I wanted accountability and I wanted to share it there. But and then I I, I decided to do the YouTube channel because I had all this footage, uh, all this footage in there from from all the training and all the plans that I had, um. I wanted to keep that memory, but now seeing the seeing that people are motivated by it and saw the story of a regular dad wanting to relive a dream as a kid and started back into running and fulfilling his goals, it was all that. It was all the hard work, all the, you know, after the long weekends in the fall, work it and then make sure that you hit those miles and make sure that you're running a 10 at midnight on Sunday night, because that was the only time that I had to run 13 miles, 14 miles after LSU weekend. Oh, good <laughs> you grief. <know? laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, there was, there was a lot of that and you know, the effort, uh, the plan, and there was something that I set up. It, it was a goal that I set up and that I accomplished. And now it got me hooked to, you know, new goals and, and, and new things that I want to accomplish. If you hit your number, let's say you go 254, 30, or whatever ends up being, does that get pretty close to, to locking it in? I mean, would you feel confident at that number? At, two, at 254, 30, yes. 254, 59, no. It really? Will still get me, it, still, it will still get me nervous. Uh, 
because in years prior, so last year, the people that are going to run Boston in April of this year, 2024, uh, the cutoff qualifying time is September of 2023. Okay. So that's where we're going with Eugene because it's in Oregon supposed to be still a little chilly, cold. It's a flat course, but we can't wait for the summer and look for a summer marathon, especially here in the South. You know, it, it will be impossible to hit that mm. time. And then by September, we're already at football season. I'm already in full force with my business and work that I don't have, I don't have time to, to do that. Uh, so that's why we, we're going with Eugene. But going back into your question, if you look at the Boston Marathon, uh, last year, it was four minutes, I want to say four minutes and 30 seconds or maybe five minutes under your qualifying standard time. So meaning okay. people that run 256, they still didn't get in. They need to run a four, 454, I mean 254, 59 to get in. So that's what we're thinking five minutes, uh, five and a half minutes actually at least from the sub three is going to get us in and we, we shouldn't have any problem getting in but yeah i'll take a 254.59 right now i'll sign okay. with it but uh <laughs> but uh because i know the work that is coming ahead in the next few months and i know all the all the work that is coming but uh but man uh 253 will be great i'm not gonna lie just for local people around i mean and, and kind of for me because i mean i'm always kind of trying to figure out where i'm going or what i'm doing how much was like whirlpool trails how much was around town what you sort of do around here to get the miles in uh yeah, Whirlpool Trails. I know that I know the in and out. It's 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 five miles that are signed, but if you go all the way into Old Taylor and come back, it will give you exactly six miles. So oh, you can you get another that. mile if you take the left or right or whatever out there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So once you so once you pass the two and a half mile mark, you keep yeah. going and then you turn left to Old Taylor and come uh -huh. back, and that's going to add you another mile at the end. Okay. So. I All know right. that one for sure, man. It was it was running the trail into campus, running all over campus, running the uh, um, man just all over town. I was just running all over town. People from church know me. Uh, <laughs> but I I saw you running. Yeah, I saw you running. You know, police chief. Uh, uh, hey man, I saw you running. You police officers, it, and it's a cool thing about being a local now and knowing people around around town that they know you they blow your horn and cheer on you that's why it was so encouraging but yeah it was all over town man i was running all over oxford i mean look i need that and i get that running in different places it gets your mind off of it and you see things and whatever but i i am weird like i don't necessarily have to have that i can run the same little loop over and over and over again like i get made fun of because I like I get up early in the morning. Some days I'll start a run at four thirty in the morning because it's when I'm up and I'm ready to go and it's kind of what when I have time. And the the main road in my neighborhood is a quarter mile, and I will literally do eight miles of a quarter mile back and forth, back and forth. People are going, "Dude, you're a psycho!" And I'm like, "I don't know. It's dark anyway. What difference does it make? I just get to the end. I turn around. I do it again. I do it again. Like whatever. It's cool." Yeah. So. There's there's a there's a Facebook group Oxford Runners uh that uh there's there's different runs scheduled throughout the 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 uh week uh and i we should have my group that i run with and during the week we do 5 30 in the morning on my ec mile runs and i run with them but we get tired of the same route or, i mean same route but it's a seven mile route and we get tired of it so you, 
that's why you, uh, that's why I personally like to change it just to change their mind. You know, I don't know if I can do quarter mile, eight miles on a quarter mile yeah, yeah, yeah. route. So props to you, Chase, for yeah. that. Um, I know I, I heard in your videos. Obviously, Boston is the primary goal, but then beyond that, the hope obviously is to to get into the majors, right, and and run them all yeah. potentially. Yes, yes, that's the that's the goal. I have to uh, I will have to set up a lot of TVs in the Grove to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah, but, for, for, for the non runners, New York, Chicago, uh, yeah. London, so Paris. Yeah, so there's three in the U.S. Boston is the main one. Uh, New York and Chicago, and then the international ones are London, Berlin, and Tokyo. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was one yeah. of the when I was trying to, and I, I talked to a buddy of mine who had run multiple marathons, and obviously Neil has run four. He's he's trying to get his knee healthy to run one more and make it five um, before he's finished with that part of his life. But for for me, it was just. I'm going to run one this year. I want to accomplish that for myself. And I might stop. I might not. I don't know. And I said, hey, I kind of want this one to be neat because if I'm only going to do one, let's make it one whatever. And I, I had in my head, well, I mean, let's go do New York. Why not? Like, let's go do the, the thing go. and whatever. But here's the deal. And look, I appreciate people at Rebel Grove because if I didn't get into the lottery, I knew we could get some fundraising. We could find a way in. But it's the logistics that turned me off of it is you had to get out to Staten Island and then you had to get on the ferry and you had to wait. And it's another two hours. I'm like, I'm already going to be so hyped up and whatever. Like logistically, that makes no sense. That's going to harm me for the day. So I actually I, I spent three months going, oh, I'm just it's going to be New York. And then I crossed it off the list and went, nah, that's not that's not it. Because just simply from a logistics and getting there standpoint. I know my mind and whatever is not gonna gonna fit that very well. So yeah, that's not number one for sure. So uh, have you uh, have you decided which one you're running, or you're not gonna uh, say? Which no, no, one no. Is? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's not like a secret. I mean, I'm I'm not again. I'm not trying to qualify for Boston. I, I'm gonna run Philadelphia in the fall. It's the it's the oh, weekend cool. of um, the Ole Miss Florida game, but it's an away game. We can make that work. Yeah. It's on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I've booked a hotel that is right outside the starting gate and where we're gonna be. So yeah, oh, it, from nice. a logistics standpoint, I thought. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, it, it ends and in, in or either begins or ends on the the you know the art museum steps right by the Rocky statue yeah. and all that. I went that, oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. That's we can cool. We, we can do yeah. that. I was I was between Chicago, DC, and Philadelphia with the final three that I was kind of debating between. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think Philadelphia is going to be the one. Yeah. So I mean, obviously for me, the the goal is. Boston because I want to I want to qualify right like I want to earn my spot and and no shame on on any other other way of getting into these majors and running the major just just for you to sign up to a running a marathon it's mm -hmm. it's it's incredible you know that I mean but uh I didn't get I didn't get the the lottery uh I didn't get in the lottery for Chicago and I look at the schedule and it was an off weekend too and I was like man that would have worked perfectly <laughs> So I don't know. There might be a chance to to fund races still. There's there's a few charity programs. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Uh, but then I'm waiting for March to see if I get on New York because it's also an off week here in Oxford. And if I can get if I can get a major this this year, uh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. So we'll see. We'll see. So you're uh, you, you, when you started, I, I guess the last couple of things. I really appreciate the time when you got going Man, in the you. in the spring. 
I mean, did you think it was going to hit this level of bug? I mean, are you almost a little surprised yourself, or you knew once it kicked in, we're gonna we're gonna go this heavy on this thing? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, they may, you're making me think now. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, you, I mean, I'll, you, I always want to stay optimistic and thinking of the greatest things, but hitting a sub three on my first ever marathon was like, whoa. I did it. Like uh, I, I have expectations, and I dream about it. But n knowing it happened, uh, so maybe going back to what you said, I, I said I wanted to run Boston, but I, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't aware of what it was gonna take. You know, now that I know what it takes, I'm like, okay, yeah, I do. I do want to. I still want to do it, but I know what it takes. Like I'm not blindly just, oh yeah, I want to run six majors. You know, or I don't. I won't call her for the Olympic trials. So I gotta get to two eighteen in four years. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that uh, I was about to say. As soon as you said Olympic trials, I went. That's another level. We got a little, little, <laughs> little ways to go there. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, to, we do to, to get to that uh, that point. So yeah. the night you're in Houston, did you have to like go get the ice bath and whatever, or did you feel pretty good? Did you go get dinner? Were you able to to have a normal night after it was over? Uh man, I how'd you feel? Move. Yeah, okay. I couldn't move. I couldn't move. We uh we had a uh, we we on Saturday when we when when I picked up my bib on uh, the expo, uh we, right outside the expo there was a really nice restaurant there, and I'm Mexican. It was a Mexican restaurant, and I loved it. And I was like, hey, this is perfect. We'll, we'll eat here. So we had lunch there after the expo, and then on Sunday, because that was the the finish line, I was like, you know what, I don't want to be hunting for a place to eat let's just go eat over there because we know we liked it okay. so we're eating that again so we ate there and then had to walk like a quarter mile to the hotel and i couldn't move for uh yeah. for more than 24 hours our plane was supposed to leave then the next day it got canceled because you know the ice storm and everything that happened that week uh but uh no yeah i i i, I really couldn't move <laughs> for like two days <laughs> Yeah. Well, again, people want to follow your progress. I will throw all the, the social links, the YouTube link there on the uh, the description of this video. Then obviously on the site yeah. too, as we get this thing posted, but Hey, it's, it's been cool yeah. to follow. I appreciate you talking to you. And then, uh, yeah, April, uh, Eugene marathon, I think it's the same week as double decker. So you're, you're, you're filling up that weekend of the year, every year, no matter where you're at. <laughs> yeah. I just have a, a, a little bigger challenge than double decker this year, but, yeah. uh, we'll, Hopefully everything goes goes as planned. Well, I appreciate it. When you get done with that one, let's uh, let's recap. Let's do it again. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, good talking to you. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.